Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, it's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's now time to turn our attention to the bigger picture. Ryan, of course, taking the helm here. And don't you wish back in school your parents would raise your pocket money like how Fed Bank Reserve chairs are trying to raise interest rates? <laughs> I certainly do. So I can buy all the country factory raises all I want. <laughs> I can make the whole collection. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to the rate hikes. Uh, we are just seeing that go up and up week after week and the latest to fuel those expectations. And by the way, 10-year bond yields are now at a three-year high, topping 2.86% overnight. The latest to really just fuel the talk right now around Fed rate hike expectations is St. Louis President James Bullard. He is saying, don't rule out a 75 basis point hike and this is something he says needs to be done in order for the Fed to meet those rate expectations to fight inflation. So something that's on the cuts but not his base case, something that he is not ruling out for now. now let's get a bigger picture from Vasu Menon. He is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Morning Vasu, how are you doing today? Good morning Ryan, I'm okay, thank you very much. Hey Vasu, how do you feel about 75 basis points? Is that a more likely scenario as you get more data points down the road? I wouldn't discount it completely, Ryan, but that is not the base case right now. I think the markets are baking in a 50 basis point rate case for May and possibly June, but 75 basis points is pushing the limit. But I wouldn't discount it if the inflation numbers remain stubbornly high because, you know, the message uh, we're getting from the markets is that, you know, the Fed is behind the curve. What the futures market is saying is that the Fed will take the Fed fund rate up to 3% in a year's time as compared to, you know, in the next two years. So the markets are pricing in quite an aggressive increase in the Fed fund rate. So I wouldn't be surprised price if we see a 75 basis point hike, but it will be something relatively unprecedented in history and it will signal to the market that the Fed is uh, very serious about fighting inflation, which may not be a bad thing because when you front load some of these rate hikes, if it does happen, that means that you have to increase rates less so down the road. Yeah, but so that's a keyword, front loading. So it's a question of how much they're going to front load, 50, 75, and how many meetings you could see this happen. And one of the things the investors are trying to figure out is what they do their investments right now. If you look at what current holders of bond funds are facing, it's a lot of pressure on the value of their funds as they see rate hike being, um, those expectations being increased. So how do these bond holders reposition themselves with this rising rates uh, environment? Well, you know, Ryan, our view is that, you know, basically when it comes to investment, one should take a portfolio approach. In other words, make sure that you have some representation of bonds in your portfolio, some representation of equities in your portfolio, some representation of gold, even alternative assets. So yes, you know, uh, we are underweight bonds relative to equities. We are neutral and equities, we're underweight bonds, but underweight doesn't mean that you go zero bonds. Mm. It still means that you have representation of bonds. So I think bonds still have a value in the in the portfolio. It's just that maybe if you have a lot of it, you want to reduce your holdings and maybe focus on bonds or bond funds that have a shorter duration because when the tenor of the bond is shorter, it becomes less susceptible to rising interest mm. rates. You know, and I think perhaps it makes a bit more sense for investors to have a mix of investment grade as well as high-yield bonds. But if you're investing in high-yield bonds, be very careful because, you know, you've got to look at the credit quality very carefully before you invest in the bonds. But the basic message is don't give up on bonds altogether. Don't forget the economy slows down sharply if stagflation risk really does emerge in the future. You know, and, and the economy really even possibly slips to the recession in that worst-case scenario then bonds could come back into vogue. Yeah, talking about sensitive to rising rates, what's happening with the Japanese yen is 
something in focus as we see it under pressure for a 12th straight day. In fact, it's the longest losing streak for the Japanese yen in nearly half a century. Uh, if you look at where markets or investors should be placing their money right now, how much should they be looking at in Japan in terms of maybe reducing exposure? Well, you know, what's interesting, Ryan, is this. Typically, the weaker Japanese yen benefits the stock market. So if you look at, you know, the Japanese yen, when it started weakening somewhere around, you know, I believe early March, third of March, fourth of March, somewhere around there, you know, it's depreciated something like about 9-10% against the US dollar during that time period. As you said, it has depreciated quite a lot. And during that period, the Nikkei actually appreciated by about 9% or so. So the Japanese stock market has benefited from the weaker yen. But having said that, you know, if you look at how the market performed yesterday, despite the weaker yen, the market came off because I think the market is also taking a view that, you know, at some stage, if the yen continues to weaken, that's not necessarily the best piece of news for companies because it raises the cost for companies. Yeah, those uh, costs of raw materials being imported will definitely be something that will squeeze pressures or squeeze margins. Also, something investors will be digesting is what's happening in China. So we had a data dump yesterday. So on the first quarter GDP numbers, they look pretty resilient. But I think there are some concerns around the more high-frequency data around industrial production, the jobless rates, and also on retail sales. What's your takeaway from the latest round of Chinese data? Well, you know, yes, you're right. The uh, economic data for China in the first quarter of this year, in terms of the headline number, 4.8% growth, was better than what the market expected. You know, I think the market's looking at 4.2%. It came in at 4.8%. But before you pop the champagne, I think, remember that, you know, the lockdown in Shanghai took place really, started really in the second half of March. And it has dragged on a lot longer than expected. Uh, even if Shanghai gets it right, it's possible that, you know, other parts of China get, that get COVID. You could see the government in those countries really taking a very hard-nosed approach to COVID. And so, you know, it is possible that in the April data that comes out in the next month or so, you could see the full impact of the COVID lockdown. And those numbers may not look very pretty. They may look quite ugly. So it's possible that, you know, the Chinese economy could actually slow down sequentially in the, or even go into negative territory sequentially in the second quarter of this year. So, you know, the data doesn't completely capture what has happened or is happening in Shanghai and other parts of China right now. We'll get a better feel of that in April and in the coming months data. And once again, those data may not look very pretty. Uh, but I think, you know, if you look at the stock markets in China, they've actually... Uh, Rebounded 20% from the bottom, uh, somewhere around 15th of March, because the markets are starting to look past COVID and saying that there could be stimulus from the mm. government, and that stimulus could actually be good for equities. Yeah, something to watch out for, potential stimulus from China down the road. We've been chatting with Vasu Menon. He is the Executive Director for Investment Strategy for OCBC Bank. Vasu, thanks as always for your time, and we'll catch up again with you soon. Thank you very much, Ryan, and have a good day. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.